you are listening to Packers Now, get the latest updates on the Green Gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and today I want to talk through our offseason report card, the final one on the running back position for the Packers. Checking on the current roster, some possible moves left for the Packers in free agency, and some possible running backs in the draft who stuck out to me that the Packers should go out and get. So uh, our current roster of running backs includes Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Dexter Williams. So the Packers found a huge boost in their offense this season, and most of that was due to their running backs in Aaron Jones and even Jamal Williams producing lots of plays for the Packers. Starting with Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones was the top overall offensive player for the Packers this season and was a top three running back in the league as you evaluate him as both a rusher and a pass catcher together. Uh, he was able to do it both and do them both really well. He was the 56th best player on the NFL's top 100 players of 2019. He was 15th in terms of carries of all running backs in 2019, but yet had the fifth best PFF grade. He averaged three yards after contact and 750 of his total 1,078 rushing yards came after first contact, which is amazing. Just showing how much of his production he created himself as a runner, breaking tackles, shedding defenders. Jones broke a total of 43 tackles on the ground and added eight other broken tackles on passing plays on his 50 catches. Jones had the most yards per carry on inside attempts since 2016 in the entire NFL at 5.6 yards per carry. The running game blew up this year under Matt LaFleur, and it hasn't been entirely recognized. I'm not sure if this was because of the floor scheme or just how good Jones is. I, I really like Aaron Jones and the Packers should consider, I think, resigning him to a contract if Jones would take one similar to what Chargers running back Austin Eckler just signed for, which is about six and a half million a year for three years, which is a price I would pay to keep Aaron Jones around if he had this type of production every year. There seems to be some mutual interest for a contract extension as they have met once already in preliminary discussions. The problem is that nine out of 10 Running backs nowadays, uh, these types of uh, second contracts just really haven't seemed to work out uh, for teams to re-sign running backs to a second deal past their original rookie contract because there's just strong data showing how running backs fall off after they've spent four years in the NFL. And paying them uh, versus the production they actually have doesn't seem to be worth it. If the Packers and Jones can't decide on an appropriate price, it might not be worth it for the Packers to give out a ton of money to a guy like Jones even though he is a very good player. So that's something to consider as we look to the 2020 season when a uh, contract for Aaron Jones is up and a contract for Jamal Williams is up. And that'll be, play a big role as we look at the draft and the offseason priorities for the Packers. Next guy I want to talk about is Jamal Williams. So Jamal Williams uh, also drafted the same year as Aaron Jones is up for contract, and he also played a key role in 2019. He made a bunch of touchdown catches and was a key difference maker, even with Jones in front of him as a solid number two running back. I think Williams, if Jones wasn't in front of him, could have done well as the starting running back for the Packers in 2019, and I totally believe could start for other rosters in the NFL. Williams ranked first among 43 running backs with 129.9 passer rating when targeted in 2019. And that's the highest for any running back for the Packers since 2006 and was the highest in the NFL last year. Williams was technically the best pass catching running back in the NFL last season and it's a and was a great compliment to Aaron Jones. I think Jamal Williams is a perfect number two to Aaron Jones and I love this one-two punch that the Packers have and it's airtight I think as you look to the 2020 season and I love it and I want that to be the case for the rest of my life (laughs) but that doesn't usually happen the Packers haven't had something like this ever maybe since Eddie Lacy and 
uh oh my gosh i forgot his name uh the other rookie running back who got hurt that year both were just amazing together just perfect complement to one another their rookie seasons the other rookie running back got hurt and out for the rest of his career sadly um but i love this one two punch i think they complemented each other very well and i want this to be a long-term thing but i don't think it can be and we'll get into that the last guy i want to talk about is dexter williams so not jamal williams but dexter williams dexter williams uh, is a player I really thought could play a role in the tw- 2019 as a rookie, but seemed to not have a handle maybe of the NFL offense and couldn't really catch up to speed. He struggled in the preseason and in limited action, did not impress whatsoever. Williams Williams may just need time to grow or maybe just didn't get any reps behind two amazing running backs like Jamal or Aaron Jones, but the number three running back position may be a place the Packers should upgrade, I think, this offseason. So there is all the current running backs on the roster. And personally, as I look at free agency, there's actually currently no one I want the Packers to go after. I know there are options, but with the running back position, I think the best value always is take guys in the draft and upgrade your roster that way. Older running backs can still be effective in the NFL. But this is a position you want to save money on while still having their production and continuing to add guys to the position group is cheapest and easiest through the draft. Uh, and so as we look to upgrade the running back position, the Packers need to have a future in place. And every analyst will tell you, never resign a running back after the rookie contract because it just isn't worth it. Running backs are replaceable. So the Packers should really, should really consider adding one this year in the draft as starting running backs can be found all over the draft. I think about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Those guys were sixth and fifth round picks respectfully and now are stars for the Packers. I would, I would like to have both of these guys back in 2021, but that just isn't realistic. Uh, salary cap wise, just, it just wouldn't work. So the Packers need to look at the draft this year as there are a lot of good running backs who could be starters once Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams contracts are up next season. Uh, I'm not saying the Packers won't re-sign Aaron Jones. I'm not saying the Packers won't re-sign Jamal Williams, but if you add some solid running backs to the roster, they might be willing to look at the market, see how some players struggled to find contracts, see how players struggled to find their own as another NFL team, and take a little less money to stay and win Super Bowls in Green Bay because I think we're about to start doing that. So, uh, But if you have no one to replace them, they're going to be like, no, I want big money or I'm out. And because pushing the Packers' hand because they currently don't have any other running backs in the roster to replace these, pre- replace these two guys next season so uh there are a uh, few tiers of players i want to look at as we look at the nfl draft coming up here in just a few days and i want to actually highlight a lot of players who caught my eye as i look at the nfl draft and in my tier one there are only uh three players as there are only three guys who i would draft with my second round pick and i would not draft any running back with my first round pick i think they're too replaceable they're too it's so easy to find other guys who can do really similar things, even though uh, one might be better than another. And so uh, running backs are too comparable to each other to grab one in the first round. And I don't see any that are as, as explosive enough, as good enough even to do that for me. And so in my tier one, uh, the first guy is Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, 5'10", 226 pounds. Taylor was my r- number one running back in this class. I actually didn't even include George's DeAndre Sip because he's getting a first-round hype, and I'm not sure about that. And I think he has some serious injury concerns, and I'm staying away from a guy like Swift because of that. Taylor 
is an underclassman still and had three straight 2,000 plus yard rushing seasons for the Padgers with 55 touchdowns. He has the six most yards ever in college football history. He is the fastest true running back to ever enter the NFL draft that I can remember as he ran a 439-49 40-yard dash and he posted the fastest 10-yard split of all prospects at the Combine with a 148 time, which uh, was tied with Henry Ruggs, yes, the fastest guy in the draft, and Jalen Rager, who added a bunch of weight, but his first 10 yards, were, they were tied for the third, and those guys are receivers we're talking about. Taylor's speed combined with his ability to break tackles and make a ton of yards after first contact makes him the top running back in this class for me. Yes, he's had some fumble problems, but if you take it into perspective, think about how many times you ran the football. His fumbles aren't that high of a percentage knowing how much he was asked to carry the football at Wisconsin. Also, another huge hit a lot of people take on Taylor is his inability to catch the football, but I'm not quite sure why he totally... Uh, he totally, I think, disproved those evaluation evaluators this year when he had 26 catches for 252 yards and five touchdowns in 2019. Taylor reminds me of the next Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson came in the NFL with said fumble problems, and he did struggle at times with that. Yet, he was still a down at running back in the NFL. He could still catch the football well enough, and I would add him to my offense. And I think I would trade up even in the second round to go and get a guy like Jonathan Taylor um, if he was falling for some reason, unexplainable reason, I think he's just that good. And I think, uh, could be the future for the Packers for many years. Next, I want to talk about is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So out of LSU, five, seven, 207 pounds, nobody graded higher as a runner in the sec and in 90.6 overall than Hilaire, uh, with, he had, uh, over 1400 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns at 6.6 yards per carry in 2019. Hilaire didn't not only was a phenomenal runner, but what makes up Hilaire so great is his proven ability as an all-around running back. In 2019, he had 55 catches for 453 yards and a touchdown. Not only that, but he's critical in making essential plays as he moved the chains 67 times in 2019, and he forced 63 missed tackles and doesn't make mistakes. He had zero fumbles in 2019. This guy's just solid. And he came onto the draft as an underclassman, just like Taylor and Dobbins and... Uh, Swift and he is a little smaller than both of them though. One concern about Hilaire is his slow 40 time at 461 40 yard dash. But really it isn't that big of a deal for running backs. What is important is his power, which is 39 and a half inches vertical, showing just just showing off his true initial quickness and burst, which gets him through the hole quickly, and which I think is more important, getting past that first level of defenders. And some people are giving him first round consideration. I don't feel that way. But I like what he could bring as our second-round pick, staying where we're at, at pick 62. And next is J.K. Dobbins on Ohio State. So 5'9", 209. Dobbins was one of the only other players to eclipse over 2,000 rushing yards in 2019 as he had 2,003 and 21 touchdowns on the ground in 2019. He rushed for 6.3 yards per carry, which is a great average. And he's a great runner with a lead division. And he has this ability just to plant and go, similar to what you see from Aaron Jones. Uh, Dobbins sticks out unlike Jonathan Taylor, for his continued success as a pass blocker, which is something not many backs have shown they can do in this draft class. Dobbins isn't a guy I would trade up for because we don't know where he is exactly athletically. He didn't uh, really participate at the combine, just did some measurements, uh, but I do really like him, and he's my number three running back on my board and would pick him with my second-round pick. So 
there's my tier one guys. And my tier two gr- group is guys that would draft in the third and fourth rounds. And I want to start with Cam Akers out of Florida State, 5'10", 217 pounds. Cam Akers, he played for an awful Florida State team this year. And I couldn't imagine how he would be viewed if he was on a top team in college football. Akers was hit in the backfield higher a higher percentage of time than any other running back in any Power 5 conference. And because of that, uh, even though he d- hadn't gained any sort of speed yet, he still had a, o- uh, 1,102 yards on the ground this season, and over 900 of his 1,100 yards came after contact, meaning he was a guy who was creating most of his production by himself as he was getting hit literally in the backfield as he was receiving the football. Akers had 74 broken tackles in 2019, which was the sixth most in the league. He's a very nice athletic running back who, with the right team, could really shine in the NFL. And to me, this is a guy I would trade up for in the third round to add him to my roster, securing the future of running back for the Packers. My next third-round grade I have on a running back is Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. So uh, Gibson is this running back slash receiver. He's 6 feet tall, 228 pounds. He's one of the most versatile offensive pieces in the draft, I think. In college, he was catching passes in the slot, turning the rock in the backfield, and returning kicks. So Gibson, Gibson's offensive versatility is just unmatched. Uh, in 2019, he had 39 receptions for 735 yards and 8 touchdowns, 33 carries on the ground for 369 yards and 4 touchdowns, and 23 kick returns for 645 yards and 1 touchdown. He's just an offensive weapon. He's just a weapon on your team that is He's a perfect third-down running back in the NFL, I think, constantly making defenders miss and a dual-threat ability that could be the perfect complement to any starting running back in the NFL. Even though he's 228 pounds, just like Jonathan Taylor, he ran a 439 40-yard dash, showing how fast he really is for his size. I like what he could bring to the Packers' offense and be a guy who could be a slot receiver or running back, and you'd put him on the field, and defenses wouldn't know what we were going to do with him. If we were going to go to an empty set or put him in the backfield, in both situations, it would be a struggle to cover him. Gibson could have been a more dynamic rusher if he had more carries as well. So, yes, he only had 369 yards in 2019. It's like, well, that seems like nothing. But he only had very limited carries. and he had a, So on those carries, he had 11.2 yards per carry, which is an insane number. This is another guy I would trade up for in the third round to secure him on a roster, giving Rodgers another weapon and some security for the 2021 season. Zach Moss is the next guy I want to talk about at Utah. 5'9", 223 pounds. Moss is a guy who came on the scene his senior season when he was 13 All-American with 1,400 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, 6 yards per carry. He's met with the Packers, and the Packers seem fairly interested in Moss. Moss is a good player who's shown promise as a receiver as well. He had 28 catches in 2019. Many looked down on Moss, though, for his 4.65 40-yard dash at the Combine, but that really wasn't an accurate time as he was struggling with an injury going into the Combine. Moss is a fourth-rounder for me, but really could produce well in the NFL as a starter, I think. Uh, and the last guy in my Tier 2 group is Darrington Evans, so out of Appalachian, Appalachian State, 5'10", 203 pounds. He's a little lighter than these other guys, but Evans had a great Combine where he had a 4.41 40-yard dash, 120-inch, 125-inch broad jump, 37-inch vertical. He just showed off his power and speed and why he had such a great 2019 season. In 2019, he had 1,480 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns, 21 catches on top of that. He's just crafty in the open field, great at making defenders miss. Evans playing for a smaller school and not having insane production keeps him just as a fourth-round pick for me. If he was in the Power 5, yes, we'd probably be talking a little differently, but he wasn't. And... It's just something you have to take into consideration against the competition he's going against. So, and finally, uh, there's three guys in my tier three group. These are 
guys I would select in, between rounds and f- five through seven, maybe even undrafted free agent. And this starts with Anthony Mark McFarland out of Maryland, 5'8", 208. Uh, he's another underclassman coming out of the draft early. Uh, during his last season at Maryland, he had 16, 614 yards on the ground due to a high ankle sprain he had throughout the year. McFarland has really struggled with injuries. He missed his first year with injury from high school. And then as a redshirt freshman, he was named actually freshman All-American in 2018, where he had over 1,000 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Uh, during that season, uh, McFarland had a big game in 2018 that came against Ohio State, where he had 300 yards in just one game. He struggled to ever be fully healthy, but if he could, I think he has the explosiveness to be a really good player in the NFL, and I draft him in the fifth round. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is Joshua Kelly, running back UCLA, 5'11", 212 pounds. This is a guy who stood out to me at the Senior Bowl. He was the North Squad Practice Player of the Week. In the official game, he rushed for 105 yards on only 15 carries. He looked very sharp. All week in his cuts, he showed explosiveness and overall uh, strength. It seemed like he ran so hard that the defenders didn't even want to tackle him at times. In college, he had two great seasons in a row, rushing over 1,000 yards in 2018 and 2019. And it seems like he could excel in the Packers' outside zone scheme. He has the burst and acceleration to hit a hole quickly and break it for big runs. This is a running back that reminds me a lot of Aaron Jones and could be a steal at the end of the draft who could legitimately step in for Aaron Jones in 2021 as the starter for the Packers. I didn't think he had the top-end speed needed to to really uh, be great in the NFL, but he actually proved me wrong at the Combine when he had a 4-4-9 40-yard dash, which is faster than Aaron Jones' 40-yard dash at the Combine. I think Kelly would be uh, a great third-string running back for this season, a, a solid grab in the fifth round. He had that speed question totally answered and maybe even a replacement in 2021. Uh, so we'll see. And finally, the last player I want to talk about is Javon Leak, 6'2", 210 pounds out of Maryland. This is a guy who isn't talked about a lot and I wouldn't even draft him, but I think he should be taken as an undrafted free agent because I think he's better than most think. He's a he's a north-south runner, but is more willing to make you miss changing direction he he had 32 broken tackles on only 103 carries also he averaged 4.88 yards after contact per attempt in 2019 which is huge he technically was the sixth or seventh best running back in the fbs last season according to his 87.0 rushing grade uh, by pro football focus he has the tools to be a surprise contributor on an nfl team as an undrafted free agent and we know every year there's players who are undrafted free agents who help an nfl team surprisingly well so in conclusion currently the Packers have two starting level running backs on the roster who I think are going to have an amazing 2020 campaign and I think Jones could even fight for offensive player of the year that's his goal if he stays healthy but as we think about the future the Packers need to add some insurance as these guys are up for contract in 2021 and the Packers need to be ready to move forward without them if they need to and should look to add two running backs to the roster or one in one early in the first three rounds uh, that's kind of how I feel because we don't know what the running back class is going to look like next year. At least I don't. I haven't looked that far ahead. I know there's a couple big names. Uh, uh, Clemson's running back, ETN, and Alabama's running back uh, who are going to be great players, but you don't know where they're going to get drafted. You don't know where, where we're going to be picking, and you just can't take those odds, I think. I think it's you can add one guy next year, but you don't know what type of guy you're going to add. I think you take a couple shots at this. Uh, one shot this year in the first three rounds, maybe, uh, maybe one or two at the end of the draft this year as well, kind of giving you 
uh, vantage point to go into next offseason ready to be like, okay, I know what I have here. If I failed in the draft, I at least know what I have from the 2020 draft and any of these players. So you can know what you have to do with Aaron Jones or Jermon Williams, just how you feel. You want to give yourself options because you don't want to overpay for running back. Too many teams have done that and has killed their rosters. Look at the Rams, killed their roster, lost so much salary cap space. Look at the Falcons, what they did with Devontae Freeman and what they did to their cap space as well. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, are going to struggle as well. I love uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but I don't know if I love him that much, you know. And I'm interested to see how the Panthers will be affected with the Christian McCaffrey extension. But I think this is a little that's a little different because of his ability to catch passes as well as run the football. He's not just a one dynamic player. And he's not getting hit by D linemen constantly because he's getting hit by linebackers and safeties and cornerbacks as he's catching balls out of the backfield. So there you have it. Thanks for listening to Packers Now. Um, that is our last, that is officially our last offseason report card on all the position groups. We went through all of them. We have guys in the free agency we can still go after. We have guys in the draft we're ready to go after. And now we're going to look forward to the draft the rest of the week uh, and prepare, do some analysis, think about what we might do for the Packers and give you updates constantly on who the Packers should maybe go after as the draft is starting to settle itself out after we finish Thursday, after we finish Friday, who's left, who's on the board, where should the Packers move now that they've drafted these positions. So uh, that's all I got for you guys. Thanks for listening to Packers now. Um, Make sure to subscribe to my podcast to get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks guys.